You're explaining creation. You're taking us back and just honestly going through the gospel of Jesus that sometimes we miss in the Old Testament. Yeah, and it's sad. I know we, we've been at some Bible studies lately and some with the friends talking about this beauty that so many people don't know in the Old Testament. It's the story of the gospel. And so, you know, this is, is creation week. Coming up on Sunday night is day one, or so, when he said, let there be light. And each day, you know, after Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and so when we get to Friday next week, That'll be the beginning of the month of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah. The head of the year, the Hebrew calendar, the biblical calendar begins on day six because it's all about you. The story's about Jesus and his redemption of you. Mm. So that's why they start with day six. But I always just feel like that's just way too late to start because we've we've got to look back at where this gospel story began. And so we're working our way to get you into the gospel of the stars, which is not this one, but it's going to be the next seven breaks. And it's just the most amazing story. One of my favorite things, just I bought an app, and it's actually a free app, but I uh, go out in the stars all the time just looking and just reliving that gospel story as it goes overhead, and I just, I'm enamored by the, the wonders of God. And so, the first mention of the gospel story, where does it begin? Well, Although it is rather veiled at the time, it's following the fall when God pronounces judgment on the serpent. He says, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed, now that Hebrew word is Zerah, and her seed, Zerah, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now that story is in the stars, very profoundly we're going to show you. So God sacrificed an animal to make Adam and Eve close. Cain and Abel shows little later, they understand the importance of sacrifice, so that when Jesus was slain or sacrificed from the beginning of the world or creation, this is a continuation. So the reality of the need for blood to enable forgiveness was taught from the beginning. We know that our righteousness is in Christ. That has never changed. Noah, born about a thousand years after Adam, the tenth generation, was the only righteous man in his time, and the belief in a coming Messiah had vanished pretty much, it looks like, except for him, but he still held on and he understood. Remember Job and his three comforters. They pretty well laid out the gospel story over and over and over, and they knew about it, and that was after the flood. Listen to what Job said. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh will I see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. Mm. I am not another. How my heart yearns within me. This is Job. Just a few hundred years after the flood. How does he know this? Abraham was a contemporary of Job's. So we're about 400 years after the flood. Noah's still alive. God promised Abram he would have a son, even changed his name to Abraham. He and Sarah were around 100 years old, something like that, when Isaac was finally born. And then in Genesis 22, we read what seems like an intensely disturbing command by God for Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Good gosh. You know, sitting here with my daughter, I don't think I could do that or would do that. I would I wouldn't even I'm just you know, get behind me, Satan. But you know, he he didn't seem to even blink. You know, and yet I have Jesus dwelling indwelling along with the Holy Spirit, who gives me access to the Father, and I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. What did Abraham have to inspire such faith? Mm. We've got to know the answer to that. And then God said, 
Here's Genesis 22. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I'll show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. What in the world? Do you know when God told him <laughs> that Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed, he begged and pleaded for their lives. He said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there's 50 righteous people? And he argues him down to uh, uh, only 10. But Abraham doesn't even plead for the life of his son, which should make you go, what in the world? He very possibly thought Isaac was the promised Messiah, that seed, the child of the promise. Mm. First of all, Abraham did receive a very specific pro promise that he'd have a son at a particular time. God was very involved. He doesn't question God's command. Why not? Did he know the Messiah had to be sacrificed and then would be resurrected? And did he believe his son was that sacrifice? Abraham obeyed early the next morning, traveled three days, another significant thing, with their servants to make this horrible sacrifice. And when they arrived, Abraham says this to the servants who are with him. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So again, he seems to imply he, there's more to the story here. How do all these ancient saints have such a profound understanding of the gospel and are able to hold on to an unshakable faith for these long stretches of times with no Bible, no Jesus in them, no Holy Spirit, no church or pastor, nothing? Well, I believe because they have the gospel. And this gospel that's written in the stars by name and Jesus who named the stars. Mm. And I'm going to share that gospel story with you. And in the uh, blog, when I post this, you'll have all the pictures and it'll make it a little more easy for you. But it's an amazing story.